Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Westworld Theory Cast. This is Axel doing a directly after I watched it initial reaction, initial, initial, direct initial reaction here. We are part of the DVR Podcast Network. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Wow, what an episode. So I love Shogun World. Man, that's just my shit. Um, Can't really say I was much of a Wild West person growing up. And talked a little bit about it on the show before. I mean, I liked Westworld. It's cool. Cowboys and stuff. It was never my thing. Actually, the, the one time I really loved it was Red Dead Redemption. And that's why I love when Westworld makes reference to it. Um, especially kind of actually in the introduction to Shogun World, what was that, two episodes ago. But um, this was great, man. Wow. I really loved um, all the Shogun stuff, the samurai and the the uh, ninja. And um, that was really awesome. I loved the way the sets were done, the slow motion. Uh, they missed a chance at the end when she cuts the guy's head off to do the real, like the crazy blood splurt. Um, that, uh, what was, uh, I think it was Yojimbo that w- that originated that, um, Akira Kurosawa, where, uh, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, like there's some fighting in it, but then at the end of the movie, he slashes a guy and he just explodes in blood. And, uh, it's really symbolic um but just a rain of blood but that was great that shot when Maeve is standing there and the blood is behind her just like frozen in the air this was some really nice direction um really deep into this narrative story right and it's kind of confusing I have to be honest with you um we're seeing something that we've been talking about this season which is degrees of awareness and degrees of freedom from the narrative. And that's really kind of the theme of this episode in both Dolores and Teddy's part, as well as Maeve. Um, You have them kind of questioning it outright, talking about it, right? Uh, Not only with uh, Maeve and Sizemore talking about how um, the people in Shogun world are acting, but then Dolores and Teddy talking to each other about it. And this 
makes you think while you're seeing it at home, okay, they don't know how far off the narrative they are. You know, Dolores says she's questioning it. Teddy says he's questioning it. We don't know. So that's okay, right? That, that kind of grounded me. I like that they talked more about that here. But what was confusing to me a little bit is how, and I guess thinking now, talking it out, initial reaction, I, they've been doing this properly, communicating this properly to the audience in which you feel confused, like, wait a second, about the other people, right? Like about the samurai that we see and about the confederates and about um, just random randoms that they that are around in either Shogun or Westworld. You kind of think to yourself, are they following a narrative? Are they off it? And then it looks like here in Shogun world that the, um, the Shogun himself is malfunctioning. Uh, yet the, um, the Maeve's counterpart, the other madam, is not malfunctioning. She's awoken, as she explains that story just as Maeve did, right? Um, the, where she's kind of feeling like she can do differently and she acts differently. She takes, she takes on just as Maeve did in taking these people out. Right. So that's really interesting to see the slow spread of it. So we're kind of like, we kind of dropped in, in Shogun world and I would gather episode, maybe episode six or seven or something like that, you know? if we were to kind of approximate that. Um, wow, I'm just trying to think of the Maeve being able to control the other hosts uh, telepathically makes complete sense. Um, she's, in effect, using the kind of bicameral system, right? Or the, uh, what do I call it, the whisper network, right? But she's seeming to transcend it in a way that she can communicate. It's almost as if, so it seems as if the local area network is down, right? And looks like this park and all the parks, right? Ford did that. Now we can assume now that we've seen that Sizemore worked at these other parks, that we can assume that they all kind of worked at the other park, that maybe in, you know, um, the there's a maybe even in the mace itself there was another room where they controlled shogun world or shogun world or whatever you know or they could just switch whatever was on the the uh uh the three d holographic thing in the middle there that uh Sizemore pissed onto and they could talk about another one but we just didn't see that and I'm totally okay with that um I always like the idea that a show can say look. I mean, come on, we only saw, like, added up, even if you add up in 10 hours, we saw, what, like, three hours of Bernard, three hours of Delort, right, in their whole, so they could, I, I, like, of Stubbs, of whatever, so I like that they're f kind of fitting in, the filling in those empty spaces that should and do exist, right, and don't as much exist in this season because it takes place over a certain period of time. Uh, whereas the other season, other th there's a whole bunch of backstory that we didn't know, you know, to, to put it 
westworldedly as I adjust my mic. Excuse me if that makes a noise there. Um, but anyway, hence, I can accept that. That Sizemore wrote for a bunch of different parks, right? That there's whatever, six or nine or whatever. That he wrote for the Raj. He wrote for Shogun World. He wrote for Westworld. He wrote for whatever else we're going to say. Um, and that Ford worked through all of them. They all did, right? They all worked at all of the parks in some way. And each park had its own people. So I kind of like that. So it seems that that network is down. And Maeve is perhaps either tapping into the like old bicameral system in order to communicate with these hosts, even though some people may say, well, only certain hosts had that. Well, perhaps they all have that back door, right? She's using like, um, she's becoming a hotspot, right? So the network is down. So she's kind of creating, in, she has the power to like make her own network from her brain, and I love that idea. And think about the way that Ford, the way that we saw Ford have the ability, and we've seen other hosts, for instance, when Angela's doing the demonstration uh, with Logan where she just touches her finger, and we've seen Ford kind of just even move a little bit, but we had guessed last season that it was perhaps telepathically so I don't want to get into a Ford was a host the whole time and we're going to see him again theory but you know we've been talking a little bit about that on Twitter with all the other uh shout out to all the been having fun talking with the other Westworld podcasts out there and uh all the Westworld homies follow us at Westworld DVR but um yeah that's really cool once you start thinking about Maeve having the ability to be able to telepathically control any host regardless of regardless of the state of the Delos network or or whatever um or the host itself even perhaps though the only thing right which we still don't know is so could Maeve control Dolores that's what i think that they're leading up to i really do i think that they're leading up to where we're going to more, they're defining things as we go along. And I appreciate that. They're giving us more little mysteries, but they're giving us a lot of clues this season. You know, I got to say that every, every episode we're learning more about the host, their abilities, the background, like this is huge that Maeve can do this. And people may have guessed this before. Uh, and it seems like it could be possible. Right. Um, and they've established, they, they've, worked to establish that in effect when with that line earlier this season when Bernard says when he has to tap directly into Abernathy right that is setting that's that's part of the way that the writers kind of communicate the show bible to us all right like every show has a bible that they follow like the rules right they this person will act this way and so when you get new because as TV shows often do, not as much with a show like Westworld, I don't think, but with their directors, they do. And of course, depending upon their location, they may they use different people. Not that all of them get in on the Bible, but the uh, director would. And um, it sets the tone, right? So they're communicating that to us, right? And it it's becomes part of the story 
what Maeve's powers are now. Are they going to work against Dolores? Are they going to work against certain um, enlightened hosts and others not, you know? But the whole the whole Maeve part of it was just really fantastic to me. And uh, uh, I really loved it. I, I loved all the Shogun stuff. I, I like that we're going to be there again. We'll stay there a little bit longer. That's fun. The Dolores stuff. Dolores was a little less insufferable to me this episode. Uh, a little less, oh my God, theatricality, you know. I like that she was talking to Teddy. I see that she's now she's made. I mean, it was pretty. It did not surprise me what happened to Teddy at the end. She's not exactly a hard read, Dolores. Okay, like, <laughs> It's pretty obvious that she was going to do this to Teddy. Uh, I, I was just waiting for it the whole episode, even after they had their nice little sex scene. And we got some Teddy ass in there, too. Um, uh, Well-manicured man. Uh, works out. Um, that was shot well too. I gotta say that was a nicely shot sex scene. I like that communicated intimacy and sexuality, sensuality. I liked it. It was very well shot. I liked the way it swept back and forth. Oh, one thing I want to say is I love the open, how the music swaying, like it kind of, uh, swung in as the, um, as the uh, extraction guy, team guy, kind of walked, slid down the hallway. Uh, that was really not The music was great in this episode. So we saw a little of, um, well, I don't remember what I was talking Oh, the sex scene. I was talking about Dolores, and then I'll get to a little bit of uh, that Bernard scene, which was really weird. I got to go back and watch that again. That was a really weird scene, the Bernard scene that opened up uh, the episode. But the Dolores stuff I liked, okay? You, you, we see she's making decisions. Um, what is she, what's the, uh, what is she deciding? Is it that Teddy can't go because he's not, because he's too good? Is he not awake enough? What, it, you know, where is this, this dividing line, you know? Um and what is she doing to him? She didn't kill him. Uh, the tech said that it was like really uh, these kind of, uh, what do you say? Not strong, but um, just the changes were so drastic. These kind of drastic changes, you know, they don't know if he can come back from it. So we'll see what happened. We saw Teddy floating, but then again... We learned in that scene. Let's go. Let's get to it because I think for all the theorizers out there at the Lost Mythos folks and holler at your boys, uh, this was the scene. And even this one statement where he says the cradle has been mostly destroyed. They lost that their IP. So the cradle is where they hold all the information, right? Um. They lost their uh, so their IP, and uh, a third or more of the hosts are blank. They they're not their brains haven't been wiped. It's like they have new brains, right? Or they're new. The hosts they didn't they said this is where 
okay, we get into, did they transfer out into new bodies? Blah, blah, blah. We don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't know. They didn't make some grand determination. Are their bodies old or their brains? It sounded like, let's go. They're talking about the information here, right? So their brains, that was super interesting, right? Um, what the deal is with the cradle is a place where is that where MIB Dolores are going. And we see now that a third of it is burned out. Now, maybe I'm missing something here. Um, actually hacks dogma had a, a new, uh, video out about the cradle, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet. I should have watched it before the show to remind myself the cradle. Um, but my memory of it was that that, uh, was just mentioned that we didn't know what it was, or it seems enough from that interaction there to see that it makes sense. The cradle, what do you hold there? Something precious, all the IP, that's like the main server farm, right? Um, but the part about the hosts, so meaning we'll, we might see that, right? That's another little clue there because this extraction team happened in, is happening quote unquote in the present or the most future of what we've seen. Uh, save from what I think, which is the most future scene, which is the scene where Bernard recognizes that he's memor uh, remembering something. Um, but anyway, what he says about the host is, is the cool part. Uh, sorry if you hear a little noise there, I hit the mic. Um, their brains are, uh, their brains are missing. I mean, uh, there's just no information in them and, I think he said something like some of them are wiped clean. It was a really great little thing. That was really interesting. So that does kind of back up a little bit of the theory that I think a lot of people have that something's going on here with the host kind of transferring out of their brains. And then we see Teddy there. Maybe, maybe what Dolores is doing is actually what she wants to eventually do with all of them, um, which was kind of what a, a point I was thinking is maybe she was telegraphing that to the audience, the whole show. Like I was thinking this is obvious. She's going to do something to Teddy. Maybe it's a red herring. And really what she was doing was preparing him in some way for the final stage that she does want him to come. He's transferred out of that body into a new body or through a network or something. But, um, all right, well, you know what? I think I've gone long enough. Uh, got a little carried away there. Maybe we're playing things through the TV. I might cut that out and just talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, um, thanks for listening. Hey, I do want to take a second here to thank our newest patrons, Rachel Pizarro and Brett Fuller. You can check us out on patreon.com slash DVR. Uh, thank you both. Uh, do appreciate it. Welcome. Uh, you'll be getting some special stuff, some early stuff. And, um, you know, please communicate with me. I love to, uh, uh, know what's going on with all the patrons and what kind of stuff y'all are digging. And I know and hope that you're digging Westworld. That's it for this evening. Thanks again. Check us out. DVRpodcast.com, westworlddvr at gmail.com. Until then, say howdy to your moms for me. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.